Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. What's up, Honor Nation? Welcome to episode 17 of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. My guests today need no introduction, but I'm going to give them an introduction anyway. They're the 11-time ROH World Tag Team Champions, the greatest tag team in Ring of Honor history, one of the greatest tag teams in pro wrestling of all time. They are coming to you live from Sandy Fork, Delaware, Jay and Mark, the Briscoe Brothers. Guys, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Thank you for having us, and that was one hell of an introduction, yeah, my thank, friend. Thank you for the wonderful introduction, and we much appreciate it. <laughs> well, certainly much deserved. I mean, there's not a Ring of Honor Hall of Fame yet, but let's say, hypothetically, there is one one day down the line. You guys are obviously in the first class. I mean, no doubt about it, first ballot Hall of Famers. Kevin, I'm blushing over here. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have, it sounds like the whole, the whole family's out there. Is the whole family on the podcast today? We got the whole crew over there in the background, and <laughs> try to keep them quiet. If we that's got okay. the, don't mind us, we, we might have to yell a little bit. But that's a, that's okay. Well, first question I always ask on these podcasts is, what have you guys been up to in quarantine for the for the past five months? So, what have them boys been doing since March? Well, let me tell you, uh, we uh, you know we were supposed to do battle in Las Vegas back in March. Yep, and. Uh, I got out to Las Vegas. Uh, Jay happened to be on a later flight out. Got out there, got up to my hotel room, and Jay called me and said, uh, hey, the show's canceled. I said, well, daggone. So that was the beginning of quarantine. About two weeks later, we found out, me and my wife found out that uh, we pregnant. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, that was the first thing we knocked off of the checklist with quarantine. <laughs> we got number six on the way. Wow. Yeah, and uh, for me, uh, Kevin, I have been, um, you know, been home hanging out with the family, man, and and uh, and also I got the little thing on the side. I do a little landscaping, man. So we've been, um, it's been a pretty good year. You know, we've been careful about going on these yards and everything, but we're out in the open, you know, socially distancing everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I've been running around quite a little bit and uh, trying to get this landscaping money. This man's an entrepreneur, Kev. <laughs> Hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. Yes, sir. It's a blessing, you know, just to be able to do it, man. How's the chicken farming business going? The chickens are, I mean, same old chickens. You know? <laughs> okay. Um, we actually get a new batch in about every nine weeks, but um, but they all the same. Oh, yeah, chicken. Okay. Just doing what they do. Just balking along. Balk, balk. <laughs> Quarantine doesn't affect the chickens, right? No, sir. Well, actually, it did. Um, the, uh, some people at the plants where, where we process them, you know, we grow them for eight weeks and they take them to the plants to process them and they had an outbreak in the plants. So, um, oh. taking our chickens, you know, half hour down the road to get processed, we had to take them all the way to South Carolina. Oh, okay. Wow. So the, the, the chickens were affected. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but I mean, it's all good. They made it down there. So the next question I got to ask you guys, the news that all of us have been waiting for in Ring of Honor, it's finally been announced. 
We are resuming producing new matches for television. We're going to do empty arena matches. How excited are, are the two of you to finally be able to get back in the ring? I just can't wait to get back in the ring. I've been, uh, you know, me and Jay here have been, we started training when we were, we just turned 15 to 16 years old. And it wasn't but a couple months later, we made our pro debuts. And that was 20 years ago now. So this is the longest that either one of us has not been in the ring for the past 20 years. So, yeah, I'm itching. I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, looking forward to it. You know, it's uh, – and especially, like, when you watch these guys on Monday nights and Wednesday nights and Friday nights being able to do their thing, and you just kind of sit back and watch them and you, and you just get – uh. I mean, we ready, man. Like, daggone. Like, let us get in the daggone ring. Chomping at the bit. It's – uh. You know, I mean, it's an unfortunate situation, all this, you know, pandemic stuff. But, um, I mean, hopefully it'll all, it'll all work out, man. I mean, you know, we take all these protocols. Like, we had to do the, uh, the, the online Zoom meeting coronavirus test last week. And the swab right. brain. I never thought I would have to do anything like that. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, we did it. And uh, I guess we got to do some more when we get there. But, you know, whatever we got to do to get in the ring, it's going to be weird with no fans. But. Either way, you know what I mean? Once we get in the ring, it's going down. I guess we got to give the company a little bit of props here just for erring on the side of caution. Um, they shut everything down back in March. They wanted to wait till it was safe. I know they're going through all kinds of protocols, as you mentioned. Um, so this is really going to be – it's really going to be as safe as you can possibly make it. I know they're going to great lengths to make this safe for the talent, for the crew. Um, and yeah, man, just, man, it, it's been so long, February it's been since we've had an ROH show. I think not just you guys, I think people like myself that work for the company, the fans, man, we're just so ready to see more ROH action. Yes, sir. I think we got to give the company a whole lot of props, man. Like the way they have handled all of us during all of this, you know, nobody's missed a paycheck. Um, you know, they keep it, keep everybody safe. We're still putting out the content, you know, thank God we got this huge library where, you know what I mean? I mean, everybody's came through here. So we, we've been able to keep the content going, man. But, um, yeah, I think the company has done a fantastic job, man. And it's an honor to work here. No pun intended, but, but seriously, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And Hey, we started a great podcast during the pandemic. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> Well, you guys mentioned having, like, this is the longest layoff you guys have had really since you got into the business. Let me ask you about that. Um, have you gotten any ring time at all? You guys have a ring at, at down at the uh, farm, don't you? Yes, sir. We got a ring right at mom and dad's house, man, in the barn. And, um, oh, yeah, we're, we're always in there. You know what I mean? I mean, we stay loose, stay limber, stay ready. And, uh, you know, we're going to crank it up a little bit um, here this coming week to get ready for everything. But. Oh, yeah, we, 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 we stay ready, man. Like, you know, the ring rust, I mean, it's going to be different, you know, just going out there in front of, no, in front of nobody, in front of no fans. But, sure. but we still – we know what we're doing when we get out there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you got to keep in mind, uh, these past 20 years, we've been nonstop, nonstop wrestling pretty much every weekend. And, uh, shoot, our bodies haven't had such a, such a good period of time to heal as they have in these past – Five six months, whatever it has been. Hey, so coming been, back, coming back, good, better, baby. coming back better than ever. Feeling good. Well, Mark, that's actually what I was going to ask. Is um, obviously you've gotten an opportunity now to let your bodies heal up, which is something you don't usually get to do. But I've heard some, I've heard some people in the business say like the worst thing a wrestler can have is time off because 
when you're bumping constantly, your body gets calloused and you get used to it. Then when you have a layoff, though, and try to come back, those first few bumps start really hurting again a lot more than they used to. Is that is that a factor at all? Hey, that that is that is a fact. And uh, just like that old classic song says, never slow down, never grow old. Well, uh to tie into these both your last two questions, thank God we do have a ring. So if if, if we ever get the itch and we kind of want to get in there, bump around, roll around, wrestle around a little bit, then we have that option. We have each other. So we can get in there and spar a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that absolutely is the case. That's one of the first things. That's the first breakthrough when you start training to be a pro wrestler is once that body becomes uh, one big callus, <laughs> that's when things start to get a little bit easier. <laughs> right. Well, you alluded to the uh, past versus present show, which was supposed to take take place in Vegas. The main event was obviously Mark Briscoe versus Jay Briscoe. You talk about a main event that perfectly encapsulates ROH's past and present all at once. Couldn't have a better main event than the two of you facing each other. How disappointing was it for you guys? Um, obviously, the whole weekend was canceled. You guys had another match also at the uh, 18th anniversary show. But to get back in the ring against each other as opponents, you had, you've done it before, but it's been a while. I think 2013 was the last time that you guys had faced each other in the ring. How disappointing was that, that, uh, that you guys couldn't, couldn't face each other, at least at that point? Hopefully it'll still happen. Yeah, I mean, the thing with that match going in, man, is, you know, we, we stay in shape. And, and just speaking for me personally, you know, I always try to stay in shape. But for that match in particular – I knew damn well that Chicken was going to try to whoop my ass as much as he could. <laughs> so I was in the damn best shape of my life, man. And uh, and it was just kind of heartbreaking, man. Like, you're so ready. You're so ready. I was on the way to the airport, and I got the text, hey, don't come. And then so I just sat there and ate a whole bunch of Reese cups. <laughs> <laughs> Needed that comfort food. Yeah. Yeah, but it was definitely, man, it was like a uh, – it was a shocker, like – you know, I was back when everything was just starting to kind of crank up a little bit with the COVID-19 and whatnot. And, I, you know, I just was hoping at least we'd get through that weekend before before anything drastic happened. But, yeah, it was a shocker. It was a heartbreaker. But, hey, we got plenty of time moving oh, yeah. forward to, hey, to, good, to hey, beat each other up. Good Lord, when are we going to do it here very soon? Absolutely. Well, I wondered about this. Tell me about when you guys have a match against each other where your opponents – not where your partners or even when you're facing, you know, perhaps someone else in a singles match. How, how do you approach it? I mean, obviously, there's a tremendous amount of trust between the two of you, your brothers. Um, does that allow you to just really throw caution to the wind when you get in there against each other? But on the other hand, like, this is your brother, and you don't want to hurt your brother. So, like, how do you approach it differently than a normal match against other people? Well, that part that you said where this is your brother, you don't want to hurt your brother, we that really don't cross our mind. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to injure your brother. The uh, the throwing caution to the wind thing is um, one hundred percent. I mean that is when we wrestle each other, definitely that's in full effect. You know, because we're willing to try anything, we're willing to do anything, and um, and and it's uh, you know what I mean? Like I mean, we got like a physical style anyway when we wrestle. And, and, but we're not out there, you know what I mean? We're all working together and everything, and, and we're never trying to hurt anybody. But sometimes, you know, we get clubbing on people extra hard, and they might think that we're trying to – but, it, you know, that, that's just how we do. And, and when we wrestle each other, we don't even have to worry about anybody getting mad. 
anybody saying, man, why you hit me like that? Like, it's all like, you know, let's go. Like, we go into the match with that mindset. Well, I know you guys are very close in age, right? Less than a year apart. Yes, sir. So did you guys just, and maybe this is a stupid question. Maybe I already know the answer, but did you guys just kind of grow up fighting each other all the time? Was there a lot of uh, sibling rivalry? Did Papa Briscoe oh, yeah. have his hands full trying to keep you guys from killing each other? Yes, sir. Well, he bought us boxes. I was about to say, like, he really wasn't trying to stop us. He was kind of, you know what I mean? Trying uh, to control it. Helping us go along and, and trying to control it. Like, he, he was the ref for when we used to box all the time. He would be the referee for when we play, you know, football, basketball, whatever it was. And, um, but yeah, it was always, it has always been that way. And, and, and I mean, it probably always will be that way, man. It's just, you know, we're just real competitive, man. Like our whole family is competitive. And, um, and, and we, we've all, you know, we all play sports, man. Like we, we've been athletes, like all through school, like playing sports and stuff and just trying to, I mean, we're just competitive, man. It's just a competitive nature that, that we, you know, that we were born with. Like our father was a, um, you know what I mean? He was big into football. Um, our dad's dad actually played for the Eagles um, in the NFL. We have a cousin right now, our first cousin, our dad's sister. Um, her son uh, is actually on the Eagles right now. He's played in the NFL for probably about five, six years now. And uh, so it's just it's just the competitive nature of the family, man. It's just what we do. But, yeah, we always been fighting. <laughs> Well, let me, let me get sidetracked there for a second since you mentioned uh, uh, football. I guess with those ties to the Eagles, I, 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 can I assume you guys are big Eagles fans then? Uh, no, sir. <laughs> no. Actually not. I mean, I, I'll root for the Eagles for I root for um, a lot of other teams, but I'm an I'm a Oakland Raider fan myself. Um, Dad was real big, man. Like, he liked uh, back in the day, like Jack Tatum and them boys. Like, he just liked the nastiness of the Raiders. And, like, he kind of – like growing up, I would watch how excited Dad would get watching Raider games, and I pretty much had no choice but to love the Raiders. You know what I mean? Just like him, I don't know what the hell happened to Mark. He's a damn Detroit Lions fan. Yeah, yeah, shoot, I was always I could never go along with could never go along with what Jay was doing as a kid. I had to try to have my own identity and whatnot. So just the fact that him <laughs> and Dad loved the Raiders. I was like, all right, well, I got to find somebody else to like. And in my mind, uh, the, the baddest man to ever run the football was uh, Barry Sanders. And so, I'm, you know, I'm a young young boy in my impressionable years. And so that's my favorite player. So that, that became my favorite team. And even through these long, hard past 25 years, I've been a Lions fan. But, yep, I, I roll with the Detroit Lions. I was going to say, Mark. Wrong. Um, I like the Eagles too now. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, you got to. You got some family ties there, so that's understandable. I mean, yeah, and Philly is just so gritty, man. Like, you know, Philly is the land of, it seems like to me, just hard working. you know what I mean? Nose to the grindstone type of people, man. So, uh, you know, we know people from Philly, man, and, uh, yeah, ain't nothing wrong with the Eagles. All right. Well, yeah, Mark, I was going to say, when you mentioned Detroit Lions, I was thinking, man, no one can ever accuse you of, of jumping on a bandwagon because a lot that's of times right. – People pick their favorite teams if it's not their home team. You know, over the years, it's like 49ers or, you know, the Patriots. Patriots. Man, I don't hear too many people outside of Detroit. Man, I'm a (laughs) Detroit Lions fan. So, God bless you for sticking with them. I appreciate you. And he's proud of it, brother. (laughs) I appreciate you. There's a a now infamous picture. The day that the Detroit Lions went 0-16, 
I was at I was up at the local bar and I was just about I was just about three seats to the wind at the time. My head down and uh, somebody took a big old piece of white tape and wrote, uh, "Congrats, congratulations, Lions, on the perfect season, 0 and 16," and they taped it on me. And, big picture of Mark. Yep. <laughs> well, hey, if you're gonna be bad, be the be the worst of all time. Yeah, right? There you go. You're gonna do, I'll just, let me just throw this out there, guys. If there's another team, that if you did want to jump on another bandwagon, I can tell you the Baltimore Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Man, you might – Kevin, you might be right, man. The ball team. That, uh, that Mr. Jackson is a bad boy. He's something, isn't he? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, obviously a Baltimore guy. I've uh, had season tickets since day one here in Baltimore. I, I suffered under – you know, Stony Case and uh, Trent Dilfer and <laughs> Tony Banks and uh, you know, hey, even Joe Flat Joe got us a Super Bowl, but you know, Joe never made a Pro Bowl. You know, yeah. and we got blessed with Lamar Jackson. That's just all. <clears throat> yes, sir. You know, the first ever game that the Ravens played when they moved from Cleveland, they played the Oakland Raiders. That's and- I was at that game. Yes. Yep, we were there too. Were you? Yes, sir. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. Vinny Testaverde scored the first touchdown for the Ravens. Yes, sir. Yep, you're right. 19 to 14. For some reason, that score sticks in my head. I think it was 19 14 Ravens. And then it was all down. Holy crap. Yeah. It sounds about right. I'm impressed. I think we went 4 and 12 that year. But anyway, enough about the Ravens. Let me ask you this. <laughs> I wanted to touch on again about the uh, sort of playing off the sibling rivalry between you guys. You guys have lots of kids now. Um, do you see now, now you're in the other position, right? You don't, it's like, you're not the, the rivals and driving your parents crazy or whatever. Or they're encouraging it. Now you're the parents. Do you see sibling rivalries with your kids? Oh my. Oh my. Yes. They compete in every aspect of life all day, every day. I got, uh, my first two kids, they're two girls and they are just over a year apart. And then uh, the next two, they're two years younger than the first group, but it's a boy and a girl. And so they're just over a year apart. And now my baby on the way is just over a year. He'll, he'll be just a, just a year and a little bit older than my youngest son. So <laughs> each one of them has Take it, got a crew, man. Got round <laughs> one, round two, and round three. And round one and round two, they're, they just, I mean, it reminds me of me and Jay all over again, to be honest with you. And, uh, yeah, yeah round three is going to be two boys. So, that I mean, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, they're definitely uh, – they're definitely competing nonstop round the clock. Well, I guess it might be different with girls. I mean, you're not doing what Papa Briscoe did in bringing out the boxing gloves, are you? Right, yeah. Girls are different, man. And for me, because I got a son, uh, Gannon, is 11 years old, and then I got a 9-year-old daughter and a 7-year-old daughter. And while they're all very competitive – Something that I really, man, enjoy to see is uh, my two daughters. They're real big into cheerleading. And so they, uh, like, and, like, they put together these routines, you know. And, um, and it's almost like a pro wrestling match. Like, watching them, like, you know, they're just hitting their spots at the right time. And, like, watching them do that. And then, of course, they also love wrestling, too. But, um, yeah, like, I mean, there, there's the competitiveness, but there's also the teamwork, the cohesion. So let me ask you this then. If you say they like they love wrestling already, 
if they were to come to you, I'm talking about your, your daughters now, not necessarily your son, but if your daughters were to say, Hey man, we want to get in, we want to follow in your footsteps. We want to be pro wrestlers. What would your reaction? Would you be okay with that? Would you encourage it? Man, I gotta be honest. Years ago, I'm trying to think how long ago it was because I used to be, and I, this ain't nothing to be proud of, but I used to not enjoy watching women wrestle. And, um, you know, that was just a, a, a fault of mine that thankfully I have, you know, outgrown. And now I almost like watching the women better than the men. So, it, and I think it's kind of having the daughters and watching them grow up and watching them. You know what I mean? They, they do just like the men do. They just, they can't help the fact that the girls. And, um, and, and so watching them grow up, now I'm to the point, man, like if, if they want to do it, like women wrestling, Again, I, I'm not proud to say this, but I used to disagree with it. But now, now, man, I really enjoy it. And, and if they want to do it, more power to them. Yeah, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, uh, we can all evolve and change our opinions uh, yes, over the years. But, hey, man, like you said, it, there was a time, not so much in, in – uh, I mean, I think when Ring of Honor brought women in, even back in the days of Sarah Del Rey, and, like they could, they could go after it. But there was oh, yeah. a time when, let's say, more mainstream wrestling was more about bikini models. And yeah, exactly. Yep. You had your bra and panties matches and your uh, pillow fights and stuff like just, that. Hey, just sinful, sinful things. Yes, sinful. <laughs> it, you know, once they start competing, then it's then then you start. You know what I mean? Then it gets to be different. But but all that sinfulness, uh, I ain't big on that. Yeah, the style today, I mean, as you said, they're going at it just like the men are. I mean, it's just it's just wrestling. There's no women's yes, wrestling or men's wrestling. It's just wrestling. They're just out there getting it. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, we're going to – this is a great spot to take our first break, and then uh, we'll be back. we got so much more to touch on. Back with the greatest tag team in Ring of Honor history right after this. Hi, I'm Quinn McKay, the host of Ring of Honor's weekly YouTube show, Week by Week. Join me every Monday, the same day as this podcast, as we catch up on all the groundbreaking ROH news and get some exclusive comments from some of your favorite stars. We also have some really great weekly segments like Question of the Week and my personal favorite, the Week by Week Physique. Join me every Monday at 1 p.m. on social media and youtube.com slash ring of honor for Week by Week. All right, we're back on the ROH Strong Podcast. It's my honor and privilege to have Mark and Jay Briscoe with me today. Mark, before we went to the break, we were talking about kids and uh, sibling rivalries. I got one more question I wanted to ask you um, along those lines. Do you let your kids watch uh, all of your matches? And, and, and specifically, if you know there's going to be an especially – violent match let's say it's a ladder war or you know there's going to be blood and guts do you do you let your kids watch those matches yeah i actually do i'll uh <laughs> now i'll give them a heads up i say now uh because i say i think my oldest daughter is probably the most sensitive to seeing daddy uh daddy and uncle up. jay get beat up and get bloody and stuff my oldest daughter is the most sensitive uh i remember uh one time, it was a few years back, back when Moose was with Ring of Honor. It was me versus Moose in Las Vegas. And uh, my daughter Marley was rooting for me. Like, I expect them always to. But my daughter uh, Mariah was rooting for Moose. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Did you punish her? Did you ground her that week or something? She was mad no, at her? She just loved, she just loved, she you, just loved that man. You can't, you can't get mad at her for rooting for Moose. Yeah. Moose a hell of a man. Yeah, That's true. 
now, see, I'll warn them, and I'll especially give my wife the heads up. And, yeah, this one might be a little, you know, little uh, – if they're watching it, be sure you're watching it with them. A little and, colorful. Uh, yeah, it might be a little colorful. might be a little bit more uh, – a uh, little more than normal. But, uh, yeah, I'll let them watch it. Well, let me ask the two of you. Let's go back to now when you were kids. How did you discover uh, pro wrestling? How did you find it, become fans of it? You know, what are your earliest, earliest memories of it? Well, of course, our dad was a big fan, man. So we, um, you know, always watched it with him. And they would come down to the uh, Salisbury, the Wicomico Civic Center in Salisbury. And they yes. would, that was the closest building to us, about a half hour away. And we would go there, you know, watch it with him, WCW, WWF, whatever it was. And, um, yeah, I mean, we've always – dad always loved it. So, naturally, we loved it. And then um, I'll never forget, we were in – I think I was in eighth grade, Mark was in seventh grade, and we had a youth basketball team. And um, and we were pretty good, man. And, like, we pretty much – like, we had an all-star team put together. And, like, locally here, like, we, we would beat all the other teams. You know, we were pretty good. And we entered into a tournament up in Philadelphia. And, um, you know, we brought all our boys with us, and, and, and we thought we were going to go up there and, uh, and do something. <laughs> I mean, this is irrelevant to the story, but – uh, our basketball team got smoked by a bunch of daggone white boys running plays and shooting three-pointers on us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but either way, we was – I'll never forget that trip because we were up in Philadelphia, and uh, that night we were all in the hotel room, and on the hotel TV, it was the first time we ever saw ECW. Yep. And that was – man, that was so – It changed the game. It, like, it was like, man, what is this? We you were know? just getting to the age and just getting to the point where we were starting to kind of lose a little bit of uh, – Starting to lose the WWF, WCW, that was starting to lose our attention a little bit. And then, yeah, we saw we saw the ECW for the first time up there, and shoot, it was over from that from that point moving forward. That that was it. A, a youth basketball tournament up in Philadelphia. Wow, youth basketball tournament changed pro wrestling history as we yes, know. Yes, sir. Hey, we got smoked in the tournament, but <laughs> at, least we, at least we got to see ECW. That's right, and the rest is history, as they say. Yes, so sir. at what age did you guys start – okay, you, you see it on TV, you love it. At Jay. what age did you start getting into the backyard, doing the backyard thing? Oh, uh, shoot. I'm probably – how old – mom, mom's right here. Mom, how old were we? <laughs> as soon as we got trampoline. I mean, as soon as we got trampoline, we was uh, – well, because first we had the old uh, wrestling buddies, you know, the, 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 the pillows that were shaped like uh, – Hogan and we had, the we had Hogan and the Warriors, and, and so of course we wrestled them from the time we got them, and then uh, yeah, once we got a trampoline, then we started having matches where you know I we didn't introduce ourselves. We wouldn't be me versus him. yeah, yeah. We wouldn't be backyard wrestlers. We would be you know I'd be Stone Cold, he'd be Shawn Michaels. Stone Cold versus and uh, versus the same man versus Shawn Michaels. Whatever. And we had the uh, I don't know if you remember the wait, wait a minute, Mark was Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Marcus Big Shawn Michaels man. I was big HBK. Okay. All right, but we had. Do you remember on Home Alone two? Do you remember that little talk boy that they had? Yeah. The um, we had that, and so we would put the the tape in there, and we play our music, and we had our little handheld camera, and we put the talk boy right up to the camera, play the music, and down we come, and and then there we went. Man, I would give anything to see Mark Briscoe coming to the ring to Sexy Boy. If you've got that. Uh, if you've got a, a recording of that somewhere, man, that thing would what? go viral. You're right, man. Actually, now, now that that now that we're talking about it, we didn't have the talk boy 
that early. Like we actually had to sing our own music before we had to talk. <laughs> Even better. Mark. Even better, yes, sir. Mark, Mark can, can you can you hum a few bars of "Sexy Boy" for us? Go ahead, Jack. <laughs> Give it to him. Uh oh, 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 oh. <laughs> think I'm too. Uh. You know I'm sexy. <laughs> I got the look that drives the girl wild. <laughs> <laughs> This may be the greatest moment so far. We've done, I don't know, what episode is this? 17. This is, I think, the greatest moment of, of all 17 episodes. I'm glad I could be part of it. Mark, you never lost your smile, though, did you? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I lost my teeth. I ain't losing my smile. Hey, it's a whole different kind of smile. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Jeez, that's, that's this whole thing has thrown me for a loop. Um, let me try to <laughs> gather myself here. Um <laughs> Okay, so when do you guys actually decide, all right, this, this wrestling thing is fun. We like jumping around on the trampoline. When does it cross your minds like, all right, we really want to, we don't want to cosplay wrestling. We want to be wrestlers. At what age? Was it, was it when you were teenagers? 15, well, 16? let's see. We started, we started training when we were 15 and 16. So probably two years before that, we evolved from the trampoline to we built the backyard ring. On top of the trampoline frame, because we wore a trampoline yeah. out, all the springs was busted, the, 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 the mat was torn. Right, so we used the frame of the trampoline and put a... Um, built a know, big old platform. Built a big platform on top of it, put tires underneath the platform, and then we got uh, some... Oh, man, it was hard. It was... The, she was rough. She was rough. We had carpet padding, and then we had carpet, and that's all we had. Sure. And had uh for the for the ropes we had cables going around and then we wrapped them in a garden hose and then so we um we would wrestle in that ring and record it and we got we were trying to just be able to get into a school and so we were sending tapes to um we sent it one to MCW um you know try to get into bone breakers and they said man you got to be 18 they're, they're like everybody was everybody was saying got to be 18 we sent a tape down to South Carolina and um it's a funny story. Uh, Dad was actually the ref of our match. And, and the uh, promoter sent back. He's like, well, you know, we'd love to train you, but you're too young. However, um, we are interested in the ref that you have. <laughs> but, Papa um, must have loved that. Oh, man, he was hyped. He was ready to go to South Carolina. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but finally, we came across um, ECWA and Jim Kettner and WrestleTech. We went to uh, the Super 8 back in – was it – no, it was 2000. 99 or 2000. You sure? I think it was 99, yeah. We went to the 99 Super 8, and we took our tape with us and, and met Jim Kettner there, gave him our tape. He watched the tape, and he said, well, he said, it looks like you guys are going to do this anyway, so you might as well come up here, and we'll show you how to do it properly. So um, in 2000, we started training up there. Uh, Glenn Osborne was our head trainer. And um, it was a it was a two hour drive to get up to training, and this was back when we were in high school. So I remember, you know, we used to we used to go to school during the day, and then we'd have football practice at night. Football practice get over at five o'clock, then we hit the road to Wilmington, drive up there two hours, and we would uh, train wrestling from about seven to ten, get home at midnight, and then uh, you know wake up the next day do it all over again. Uh, one thing I'm not hearing there is homework. When are you boys doing your homework? <laughs> well. <laughs> were you guys tough enough that you, uh, you made some kids, made the smart kids do it for you? Well, I mean, 
I don't know about that, but I kind of I might have had wandering eyes back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're sitting next to me and you wanted to cheat, I'm not going to tell you no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, yeah. you, go ahead. I'm sorry. I had to oh, You had to handle some business there. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. So, when you guys you start training, you said 15, 16. When you first start getting booked, obviously you guys are the youngest guys on the show. You're getting in the ring with not only people older than you, but I'm guessing you know grown grown men, older men uh, at some point. Yes, sir. Do you have any experiences with, with guys maybe trying to take liberties because you were, you know, the, the young boys? No. I, no. I mean, no. Like, they were, I mean, you know, like, I, I don't remember necessarily taking liberties, but I remember us getting our ass whooped, which I consider, you know, paying our dues. Right. Um, when we first started, um, the Haas brothers, Charlie and, and Russ, who passed away, God rest his soul. But it was Charlie and Russ were, were just getting ready to – they had just signed their WWE deals. And I remember we um, – you know, Jim would have us come up there and, and just, you know, me and Mark together, you know, just had two guys to be able to work with them. And I remember, man, we would go up there and the Haas brothers would beat the crap out of us These for two. hours. These two thoroughbred men. Hey, stud athlete, fully grown. I mean, in there, straight out, straight out of Seton Hall, uh, collegiate wrestling. Hey, but but it was nothing. Like I would never say anybody ever took liberties on us. I mean, they nah. were breaking us in, and it was an honor and a privilege to be able to 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 work with them and, and help them. You know what I mean? They helped. We helped them. They helped us. It was, it, it, you know, that's just how it was. It worked out. Worked out beautifully. Was there ever a moment when you're paying those dues? And like you said, you did it willingly. Like you understood you had to pay your dues. It was, it was a tough business. You know, it wasn't that long ago, but, you know, we're talking 20-some years ago. It is – the training is different today. I don't think you see – look, I've, I've talked to plenty of guys that came through. You mentioned Bone Breakers. I know Axel Rotten was the trainer back then. And, and the, the tra- like first day of training literally was Axel gets you in the ring and beats the hell out of you. And right. we'll see if you will come back the next day and take it again. And then yes, eventually, sir. you know, then you start learning some more. But it's like a test to see, do you have the heart for it? Do you have the toughness? Yep. Was there ever a moment at any point where either one of you were like, man, this is – I don't know if yes. I can act this. Yes, sir. And I'll, and I'll never forget it. It was when uh, Charlie and Russ were practicing their, dro- their double <laughs> drop kick. And they would just shoot us off the ropes, double drop kick. Get up, do it again. And man, I mean, you know, they, I mean, they weren't meaning to kick us right square in the head, but uh, it, it was happening. Where were they? It's with their aim. And uh, yeah. And they, they didn't, uh, they were so strong, man. They had like mule legs, you know, and they were just a kicking and they weren't trying to hurt nobody, man. They were just trying to make their double drop kick look good. Right. You guys back then, I mean, obviously people know what you look like now. You guys are, you're bigger. You're in tremendous shape. Back then, you guys were on the skinny side. Am I? Am I correct? Oh yeah, yeah. What were you guys weighing back then in those early days? You probably, I mean, one, one seventy, one eighty. I was when I was a senior in high school. I was one eighty. So yeah. So we started in when we were in when we were in tenth grade and eleventh grade. So I'm, we're probably 165, 170, 75 pounds. We were straight rag dolls, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Well, plus you were—you guys were still—you de- weren't men yet. I mean, you still were developing. You, you were growing. Still developing. That's what's wrong with us, man. We took all these shots <laughs> to our to our head while we were developing. 
Well, let me fast forward a couple years then to your, um, to your ROH debut. You were actually there, as many people know, on day one, literally. Uh, the era of honor begins uh, back in 2002. Jay, you wrestled Amazing Red. Mark, you accompanied Jay to the ring because you weren't allowed to wrestle because you were 17 and there were child labor laws in, uh, in Pennsylvania. But let me ask That's you, great. how did you guys get booked for that, that first ROH show? Because this was kind of like a who's who, right, of uh, the top indie guys at that time. Yes, sir. Well, at the time, we had uh, been making a name for ourselves in CZW because we went from ECWA, then we started working with MCW a little bit, and then all we wanted to do at that time back in probably 01 was get booked in CZW, and we finally did. And then um, and then SAT, we met SAT there in Sewell, New Jersey, wrestling for CZW, and we would wrestle with Joel and Kelvin and Red. All three of them would be there. And um, and so an RF video was always there. You know, Doug and Gabe, they'd be filming the shows, selling tapes. So they would, they would see what we could do with the SAT, and I guess they liked what they saw. So, yeah, we did a – before Ring of Honor came into being, we were uh, – we had just – we had just uh, started doing CZW, and we were also pretty much running the uh, Northeast Jer- Independent yeah, Jersey All-Pro was a big one for us. Yep, uh, up there we were in uh, Queens, New York. Who was that? Uh, Jack Sabbath and yep. them and uh, Jack Sabbath, the USA Pro. Uh, I mean, just once we got hooked up with the Spanish announce team, the SAT, yes. that, that kind of was, was one of the first biggest things to happen to us because the chemistry that we had with them. And then we just took that match. We took that match on the road. Uh, they wanted us to uh, – they wanted us down in Cornelia, Georgia at NWA Wildside. So – we did that match from Boston, Massachusetts, down to Cornelia, Georgia. And then, uh, yep, that was right around the time when, uh, yep, the hard-ass video guys brought Ring of Honor, you know, brought brought, brought Ring of Honor. And, yeah, brought it to life. And we just ha- happened to be in there with the uh, with the right people at the right time. With and the Maximos. Yes, sir. Red Amazing. Well, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I want to try to go back to that that first show. Um, did you guys have any sense at all that maybe this is not going to be just another indie, that this might be something special? Was there any inkling of it at that yes, sir. in those early days? Yes, sir. The um, I'll never forget watching the main event. It was uh, Brian Danielson versus Loki versus Christopher Daniels, and them boys went out there. And at the time, at that time in my life, when I was, what, uh, you know, however many years ago, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. And, and, and watching that match and just listening to the people and how they were reacting, I knew right then from the first show it was going to be special. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Hedy uh, Guerrero, he was, he was an intercontinental champion at the time, WWF intercontinental champion at the time. And he was on those first couple shows. And I remember just him being in the back, and just seeing one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, I mean, in his prime, in the back, and it's just like, it was surreal. And, uh, yeah, just I remember Hedy Guerrero being there and just kind of his stamp of approval yeah. on everything. To me, I was like, wow, this is, this is special. Yeah, you don't see Eddie Guerrero on every independent show, that's for sure. No, sir. Uh, he was, did he work uh, super crazy? Super crazy. Yes, sir. And that wasn't even the main event. I mean, that's it a, wasn't even the main right? event, man. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, man, this is, this is, it's great uh, walking down memory lane with you guys. We're going to take another quick break, and then we'll be back more with the Briscoes right after this.
I'm Maynard the Malt Maker. I am Mega the Bard. I'm Ander the Goliath. I'm Santi the Bard. I'm Sia the Wizard. And I'm Quinn McKay. And to see what character I'll be playing, you'll have to check out the next episode of Roleplay of Honor. Join these stars and more for Roleplay of Honor. We are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. My very special guests today, Mark and Jay Briscoe. We're talking about some of the uh, early days in Ring of Honor. Your first matches as a tag team in ROH were against this team of AJ Styles and Amazing Red. They were the tag team champs at the time. I think you guys had a three-match series against them. Yes, what was that like? Uh, your, your first time as a team together in Ring of Honor working two guys like that what, what was that whole experience like for you well i just remember man like like as we as we made the match you know what i'm saying like making the match like we would just be like so many ideas between the four of us i mean mainly aj and then red and then me and mark but the ideas that we would have of stuff that we wanted to try you know and, and like it was like i never you know, like I said, it was mainly AJ, man, but I, I never, like, then you start start seeing, like, man, like, there is so much that we can do when we get out there. And and that was really the first time where we really, I mean, just being innovative and just kind of going out there and, and trusting, you know what I mean? Like, getting outside the box a little bit as far as the, the content of yeah. the match. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah, but that was, uh, yeah, I remember those matches we – we wrestled them, if I'm not mistaken, twice in Philly and then once over at the Rexplex in Jersey. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought those were some some really good matches. And, uh, yeah, I think that that was a, uh, that was a great – that was a great duo to uh, kind of get rolling in Ring of Honor with yeah. as a tag team. Absolutely. I think it was uh, Bully Ray who has said, you know, in a match, uh, if a match really works, you know, somebody goes over, somebody gets over. And AJ and Red, I believe, won all three of those matches, but you yes, guys sir. still got over just by being there. Yes, and, I mean, it was just, you know, because we were all willing to do, you know, we're all just out there just trying to make magic, man, and we, and we were trying to be as crazy and innovative as we, you know, any idea that popped into our heads, you know, it wasn't too crazy. Like, we would, we would think about it. And like, okay, is this physically possible? And then, you know, we didn't like to say no. So we would, I mean, we'd just go out there and do anything. Right. So those matches took place, I guess, in 2003. Um, by the end of that year, you guys win your first tag team championship. Obviously, we know now that was the first of 11 tag team championships. You guys have wrestled so many great teams during your ROH run. Uh, I know this is a tough question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Who are some of the teams that you think during that during this past Jeez. year run, who do you think you had some of the best matches with, you know, the best chemistry with? Man, tag on. That is a tough one. <laughs> man, I, man, I can't – like, honestly, Kevin, man, like, I, I would feel bad if I start listing names because I know I'm going to leave somebody out, man. Like, there has been so many. Like, we have just been blessed. Like – like, when you look at our careers, man, like, we have had, like, marquee tag team matches 
in this company. You know what I mean? Like, Ring of Honor has been able to provide, like, all these marquee matches. Like, our whole career, you know what I mean? It's, it's not very often that we just get, like, a little house show where we just wrestle whoever. Like, it's big-time matches. Like, big-time tag teams have come through, you know, all these years. And, and man, if I start listing them, I, I'm going to feel bad because I know I'm going to leave somebody out. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Well, you I, don't I, I probably, hey, shoot, hey, hey, shoot. We might want, well, we might well do some listen. I remember back right there at the beginning, there was AJ and Red at the beginning, but then uh, we kind of had a little feud with uh, Samoa Joe, which it was. A, we kind of had the thing going on where he couldn't beat us in tag team action, no matter who his partner was. He teamed up with Brian Danielson, teamed up with AJ Styles, among many others, but uh, Jerry Lynn, but uh, Joe and his multiple partners. Versus us, and Chick, then Chick, we're gonna be here all day doing this, though. Yeah, <laughs> if I start back there, but hey, Steen and Generico, you know what I mean? Yeah, the thing, man, the thing is that I've always it, it took the most pride in, man, is being able to work. You know what I mean? Like everybody has different styles, and being able to mesh the styles, you know what I mean? Whatever team it is, like if if you a high flyer, like the you know what I mean, like to do a lot of running, or if you if you brawlers, you like to brawl, you know what I mean? If we got to get, I mean, we can. You know what I mean? We like to be able to do whatever needs to be done to make everybody look good out there. Right, exactly. Like you can work, you can work uh, guys like Steen and Generico with, well, you guys had some wars. You can work with high flyers like uh, Young Bucks. You can have wars with, you know, PCO and Brody King. Like, yeah, you guys can adapt to any style, and, and which I think is a testament to you guys. But surely, yeah, you had some unbelievable talent. I mean, I don't want to start naming them either because we'll miss some, but just a few that, you know, the Kings of wrestling. Yes, uh, sir. Yeah. Wrestling's greatest tag team. The all night. Yeah. Oh yeah. Benjamin, yeah. You know, just so many, so many great matches that, you know, it's great when you have the Briscoes on your roster, a great tag team, but it's, you know, what does it mean if they don't have other great tag teams to work with? Right. Yes, sir. And we have been blessed, man. And we have wrestled so many. I know that working in Japan was – that was always a goal for you guys, wasn't it? Yes, oh, yeah. sir. How was that to finally get to, uh, to work for New Japan Pro Wrestling? Well, I mean, you know, that was good because New Japan is kind of like, you know, the top dog over there. But, like, a lot of people don't know, we, we did our first tour of Japan back in 2001 for Big Japan. Okay. Back, yeah, back when CZW was working for them. So uh, – so we did that, and then we um, and then when we started working with Noah um, back in probably oh six oh seven, uh, you know we did a few tours for Noah, and so we we had already been over there, man. Like I think as far as Japan goes, like when we really, and I mean like our New Japan stuff, it, it's it's hard to compare, man, because it's hard to, you know, I mean I, I can't really, it's hard to get a feel, you know, what I mean, Chick, like how would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the. New Japan, we made our uh, New Japan debut at the at the Tokyo Dome. So that's just already – that's just a unreal experience. That's just a larger-than-life experience. But uh, the just like Jay was saying back in – it was actually 2002. It was January 2002 when we did Big Japan. and uh, But I feel like the first time like that we really did something in Japan – uh, when we first went over for Noah, we won the um, the the junior GAC juniors. Yep, the GAC juniors on the first show, and and at the end of that tour, we wrestled in Budokan Hall versus Ricky Marvin and Kataro Suzuki, 
And I remember that match being crazy. Ricky Marvin is a wild man. And, and kind of like going back to like what uh, AJ Styles, like just suggesting stuff that is just even possible. And and he he's, you know, he's uh, he's the same kind of person, man. So wrestling him in Budokan Hall, him and Suzuki, and we had a, a crazy match. And um, I, I think that was the first time, you know what I mean? Like we had the Japanese people like, oh, like, these guys got something going on. Who did? Who did? Yeah, yep. So, <laughs> the humble beginnings at Corrigan Hall with Big Japan, and then we had multiple tours with Noah, and then in, you know the Tokyo Dome started off our our New Japan uh, run, and you know that's just a humbling experience there. But yeah, hey, hopefully, hopefully we ain't done yet over there. You know what I mean? For sure, you got. I know you guys got to run with the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. That's obviously a huge deal. But I think your style really translates. I mean, to the to the Japanese style, the the strong style. Um, you guys are tailor made for that, don't you agree? Oh yeah. Uh yeah. But then at the same time, every once in a while, man, I feel like we get over there and try to do too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's just you live and you learn, and, and you know. Hey, there was only one perfect person. They crucified him. That's right. Yeah, ain't neither one of us trying to be crucified. I, I think I speak for, for both of us with that. Yeah, I, I did see Jay hung upside down once, though, and, and uh, dripping blood all over the place. But that's a whole other story. Well, yeah, and that was a good story, man. I was, I was wondering if we were going to bring that up. That yeah, was- man, let's bring it. It just hit me. that Yeah, you guys have had so many great moments, but that – I mean, that's probably – if people are looking at the history of Ring of Honor and, like, the most – shocking or like the most heinous attack i mean you hanging upside down blood dripping down all over jimmy jacobs and his white shirt or white jacket whatever he had on yes I sir mean, what was that it was, like? there well, was they was pushing the old envelope i tell you <laughs> well you got to remember like it was it was us versus cena generico in ladder war you know we had just got done with that and then, war one. then age of the fall jumps the ring and so i just remember necro butcher he had his uh, his fist wrapped in barbed wire. And so what busted me open was him punching me with the barbed wire. So Necro punches me. I do what I got to do, and, man, I'm freaking doing it. I mean, all the way down my forehead. Oh. So so they, <laughs> so they picked me up on the gurney or whatever the hell it was, and I'm just looking down like, please let me be dripping. Please let me be dripping. And, like, once I seen the blood hitting Jimmy, I said, okay, we're good. It was raining. It was raining blood. I, I thought he was. I thought he was done. I thought he's gonna die right up there, hanging up at the, at the Chicago uh, Frontier Fieldhouse. I thought that was. <laughs> I thought that, was <laughs> that was it for, for my tag team partner and my brother. And there you go, singles career for you, right there at that point. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Let me go back to the Japan thing, though, just for a second. You guys mentioned that your first tour was back. Would you say two thousand and one? 2002, actually. 2002. So you're like, what, 19 and 18? I mean, what is that like being in Japan? Two guys, not even, you know, 20 years old yet, hanging out in Japan. That's got to be a pretty cool thing. Yeah, actually, we were 17 and 18 because it it was like the first week of January 2002. So, I mean, it was was fresh 2002. Yeah, and, man, I'm going to be honest with you. When we first got over there, we hadn't even been wrestling for – two years yet and I mean we're over in Japan and you know hadn't either one of us hardly been out of Sussex County you, you know we go down to Salisbury to watch, to watch WWF at the Civic Center but we ain't had never been to no big city or anything let, a, let alone another country and I just was so uh, 
almost intimidated and, and, and just kind of like scared of not wrestling, but the, the, the culture and just not being able to, to communicate, you know, speaking a different language and, uh, yeah, shoot. But Jake, after, Jake turned 18 over there. The first tour we did was he turned 18 in Japan. No, I turned 18 on the on the flight back. Actually, we jumped over my birthday because of the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, we missed your birthday. birthday. Yep, turned so Jake, 18. Jake never turned 18. Yep. <laughs> well, that that's a memorable 18th birthday for sure. You skipped right over it. Yeah, skipped right on over. Well, I'll tell you, I've I've been to Salisbury, Maryland. My, my wife actually went to Salisbury State, so um, – not a lot of similarities between Salisbury and, and Japan, that's for sure. That must have been uh, yes, some kind of culture shock for sure. Um, let me ask you about singles wrestling, though. I just I, I made a little joke before about Mark being a singles wrestler after that night with uh, the age of the fall. But wrestling singles, I, I know you guys never really stopped teaming. Even when, when, Jay, you were world champion twice, I don't think you guys ever really weren't teaming, even during that, that stage. But is, was it something you guys just wanted to try? Did you feel like, ah, the time is right for us to be singles competitors a little bit more? Or was it something that was maybe presented to you by the booker and said, hey, it's time to give you guys uh, some singles runs? Yes, sir. It was, it was definitely more presented. Like, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, they said, like, man, we kind of need – we think this might be a, a good idea if we can do this. Shoot, I always want to tag wrestle. That's what we do. But, um, you know, they kind of need it uh, – you know, uh, uh, somebody to, to, to do these singles matches for him, and and uh, I guess somehow I drew the short straw. <laughs> yeah, I kind of liked how you know the uh, how how that ended up working out because Jay was you know two time champ, so he was normally in the main event, and uh, most of the time I was like match one or match two just to get the people you know get the people rocking. So I was always done, showered, and good to go uh, by the time he was. By the time I had to go to work, he was done work. Yeah, by the time he was stepping to the curtain. So, I didn't, you know, I never I never complained about that. <laughs> you got your work done? Got to sit back and enjoy the rest of the show? or, or what? I guess you couldn't leave, right? Because I'm sure you guys are traveling together. He better watch my match. Oh, no, shoot. shoot I'd get, yeah, I'd get, I'd get all the, you know, all the aches and pains away from the match, you know, however I needed to do that. And I'd just sit back and watch, watch the wrestling show and enjoy myself. So we talked about, uh, man, all those, some of those great teams you've worked uh, over the years, but I want to talk about the more recent um, history. I'm just looking at, again, I don't want to leave anybody out, but just in the past few years, War Machine, Young Bucks, uh, this was, uh, PCO and Brody, like I said, Girls of Destiny, great series yes, of matches. Roosh and Dragon Lee, you guys uh, tore down. Oh, man. With. Can't wait to do that again. Man, because that we, was awesome. This book for uh, Terminal 5 when we were going back. Cause they had already announced that match, and man, as soon as I seen the graphic come up, like I just got so hyped. I yeah, called man. Mark right around. I was like, "You see this? <laughs> like them boys, man. Like getting in there with them boys. They are they are a whole different breed. Like they, yeah, they, they, they some wrestling. They fools. get they some wrestling fools. Like yep. them boys get down. Like it is like to be able to work with guys like that, man. Is so like we're so blessed, man, and we and we take it for granted. But like to be able to wrestle them, man, like good lord, yeah. And and just speaking of the Mexican wrestlers and the luchadors and the lucha libre style, like we talked quite a bit about Japan. But uh, man, I tell you what, the to me the the center of the wrestling universe is down there in Mexico City. Shoot, we we were been blessed enough to do a couple shots down in Arena Mexico. We uh the first. First night down there, 
It was me, Jay, and Roosh in the in the main event teaming up against uh, Pentagon. Uh, the Lucha Brothers. Ray Phoenix. Yeah, the uh, Lucha Brothers in uh, La Parka, L.A. Park. L.A. Park. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, man, as cool as Tokyo Dome was in uh, – you know, as awesome as Japan and the experience in Japan has been, I'm telling you, down there in Mexico is is it's it's a different world. It's a different world. It, it's like a it, it's a lifestyle. It's a religion down there. It's amazing. Absolutely. Well, I know it's it's a it's a different atmosphere too because I mean people talk all the time about how in Japan, um, and I don't know maybe if it's changed some in recent years, but that the audience is is kind of polite and they politely clap things like that. But in arena Mexico, man, they're going crazy. You've got air horns going off. Hell yeah. Dancing girls on the stage. I mean, that throwing really stuff like at you. Over. Right. Yeah. Damn right. And that's, man, that's how we like it, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like if somebody's throwing something at me, like some trash at me, then I consider that a good thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as you guys are heels at that time, if they're throwing trash in your baby face, that might not be good. Well, <laughs> Either way, hey, trash is trash. Trash <laughs> is trash. Well, I want to ask you too about. Um, look, you guys have been able to main event wrestling in ROH. We've been able to do tag teams in main events. A lot of you know, in large part because of you guys. And what I've noticed though is, even if your match wasn't the main event, um, Arguably, there were many times when you stole the show, no matter where you were on the card, and people walked away thinking that was the main event, even if it didn't go on last. But my question is, though, um, whether the whether we were playing in front of a sold-out crowd or if the house happened to be down a little bit that night, one thing that didn't change was you guys went out there and went all out. And I've, I've been at some of those shows, again, where the crowds maybe weren't as big as we would have liked, but you guys went out and, and, and tore, tore the roof off the place. So, you know, I think some guys maybe in your position might feel a little comfortable. We've been around here a long time. We're the elder statesmen. Eh, there's not a lot of people here tonight. You know, let's, let's, let's mail this one in a little bit to, you know, to, to some extent. You guys oh, never hell. What, what motivates you um, to just to continue to go out there night after night, 18 years in, in, in this company, um, and not rest on your laurels? This is what we get paid to do. Love of the game. You know what I mean? Like, they paying us damn good money to go out there and tear the house down, so that's what the hell we going to do. Yeah. Back when I used to say my prayers at bedtime, I'd say, Lord, please let me be a pro wrestler when I grow up. And now here we are. I'm grown up for the most part, and I'm a pro wrestler. So I, I feel like if, if I'm sitting there uh, going taking out there, mailing it in, taking it for granted, then, then shoot out. I'm doing I'm doing the good Lord at this service, so he might strike me down with some sort of disease or perhaps lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think you know whether you intend this or not. I think it sets uh, a great example for the rest of the locker room. Like maybe some of the younger competitors who might look out there and say, "Ah, oh, man, house is a little down tonight." But then they see the Briscoe brothers go out there and bleed and sweat and pay the price, as they say. And they're like, man, they said, the like, now you got to go out there and give it your all. Do you guys see, like, yourselves as, uh, I don't know, locker room leaders or elder statesmen or anything like that? Just one of the boys. Just one of the boys, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, dang, oh, that's a tough question, man. Like, I, like, because I know people, you know, kind of look up to us and watch us. But, man, we just one of the boys and we just, 
blessed to be able to do this with our buddies. Be honest you with you. Say we got such an awesome locker room, such an awesome group of guys. Like, yeah, it's like, and like it's been the best that job way. in the world. It's the best job in the world, man. Like, we can't be more blessed to be able to go out there and do what we do, dude. Like, it's, it's, uh, like, I don't even, man, I don't even like to think about, like, that ranking, you know what I mean? Like, I ain't trying to rank nobody, young boy, old boy, whatever the hell you want to call it. Like, man, let's just go out there and, and, and just do what we do. Well, the thing, too, is you guys have been doing this since you were, as we said, 16 years old. You know, you guys, neither one of you are even, you know, close to 40 yet. You guys are still in your 30s. Um, certainly not old, you know, could argue still in your prime, still, you know, as good now or better than you've ever, ever been. Um, but do guys come to you and just maybe ask for advice or anything like that? Not that you're going out of your way to be, Hey, I'm a locker room leader. Listen to me. Let me take you under my wing. But do people just come to you and ask, ask your advice on things. Yes, sir. You know, like we got uh, a lot of guys that will ask us to watch our match. You know what I mean? Just give feedback. And man, I, and, and I try, you know, and I, and I do it, you know, and I, I give it the best that I can, but like, I don't claim, like, I'm not a, I'm not a trainer, man. And like, maybe one day down the road, I will be. But, like, I don't consider myself that. Like, I, I, I perform, you know what I mean? And I know how to do – I know how to do me, you know. And, and when other people ask me for advice on on how to do them, sometimes it gets tough, you know. But I try. But I, I don't – I don't claim to be a trainer, man. Like, I, I'm just – you know, I'm just – we just do what we do. And um, I know – Of try to help out in any way, shape, form yeah. possible. Yeah, like we'll watch the match and we'll, and we'll give critiques, you know, like maybe like, like, man, you, you did one too many of these or maybe you should have did this instead of that, you know, and, and try to give little tips and, and help out like we can. But, I mean, I, I got a hard enough time trying to – excuse me. I got a hard enough time trying to do my thing. <laughs> gotcha. <clears throat> well, I have to ask you uh, about – uh, working with the legendary Rock and Roll Express. I, I couldn't let this interview end without asking you about that. You guys got to work Ricky and Robert um, a couple years ago. What, what was that like? I mean, that must have been pretty cool to be in the ring with two guys like that with so much. Man. Uh, that was great. Now, now, that was actually the rematch. Mm -hmm. We had uh, – it was actually – It was it? actually number three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it was – the first time we wrestled, it was the night before Jay won – the title from Kevin Steen in uh, New York City. The night before that, we wrestled the Rock and Roll Express on an independent show right down the road. And all I remember is, uh, hey, they uh, they dusted me off with a double drop kick. <laughs> and I was ready for it. I mean, I'm sitting there ready. I'm sitting there thinking, you know, here comes this double drop kick from these two, you know, legends, these gods among men in the professional wrestling world. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going to make this thing look just as – I'm going to bump this, and I'm going to make it look beautiful and glorious and graceful. And next thing I know, pow, like a mule kicked me, kicked me right under my chin. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, yeah. like, man, like, wrestling those guys, man, and just seeing how they approach the whole thing. You yeah. know what I mean? From, like, the time that you see them, from the time you get to the building to the time they leave, man, like, just, like, that's, that's how you're supposed to be, man. Like, these dudes are just going out there, like, Man, people take too serious sometimes, man. And, like, they just go out there and you just got to flow. You got to let it flow. And them boys, they know how to let it flow. And we were blessed to work with them, you know, these past couple years. Uh, I'll tell you, one thing you can tell without a doubt is that Robert and Ricky love professional wrestling. And that is just, just 
being able to feel that and experience that and to and uh, have the honor of working with them three times now is just I mean that's it's just amazing that I mean there are no words but I mean you just learn just being around them just I mean just being in their presence you get better. Like, I remember, and they said they'd go give me the double drop kick, and, like, the, you know, I couldn't even – the only thing I was focused on was, like, man, you know, I want to take it the best I can, but at the same time, it, it, we got to be realistic here. So, I, you know, I don't know how high they're getting up nowadays, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, right. their feet going to hit me, you know, like, that was what I was trying to do, man. Like, once they hit me with that double drop kick to make that mud look like they just – like a bomb went off, you know what I mean? And and that was, I mean, I don't know, man. That that was, like, I feel like, man, that, like that's the least we could do, you know. Just, I mean, they they're doing all this for for younger people like us, man, and and making us look good, and and you know, I would I would just hype take that double drop cake, man. Well, I tell you, I, obviously, I mean, those guys are in their sixties now. I'm not gonna say like, I mean, because they were arguably the greatest tag team uh, during their day as far as work goes. I'm not going to say they haven't lost a step because I think, you know, obviously anybody would. Um, but, man, they, as you said, they haven't lost two steps. And, and they, no, sir. Right? right? And, and that's the thing, look, man. Like, it didn't look ridiculous that they were in there with you guys. Not at all. Yes, sir. And, and that's going back to being able to work with whatever style, man. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, that is – that's what we take the most pride in, man. Like the the being able to do what our opponents, you know, you got to emphasize the strengths of your opponents, and and when you work together like that, and everybody's on the same page, everybody's on the same team, man. Then that's when you start making that magic. Absolutely. Well, we're gonna take our final break here, and then we're gonna come back and play ten questions with the Briscoes. So uh oh, we'll be right mm -hmm. back. Welcome Ring of Honor fans. It is our distinct pleasure to bring to you not only 18 years of great professional wrestling, the best professional wrestling on the planet, but tonight a very important topic. It is the first of many ROH roundtables and tonight we're going to be discussing Black Lives Matter, police brutality, and what it means to be black in professional wrestling, race and racism in the sport that we love. ROH Roundtable. Now available on youtube.com slash ring of honor. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. My very special guest, Jay and Mark Briscoe. Guys, it's time to play 10 questions. And it is now time for 10 questions with Kevin. Uh oh, let's do it. All right, since there's two of you, I'm going to do 10 questions a little bit differently this week. I'm going to actually ask five questions, but I'm going to ask each of you to answer that question. So that'll ten be 10 answers. That'll be 10 answers. Right. Five ten questions, answers. 10 answers. Exactly. Gotcha. All right. So question number one, Jay, I'm going to start with you since you're the older brother. All right. What's, what's the best advice you've been giving about the wrestling business and who gave it to you? Yeesh. That's <laughs> a hell of a tough one. Best advice I've been giving about the wrestling business and who give it to me? Um, tag on. Well, he's thinking, Mark. That'll give you time to think. Well, 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 I, I was. I mean, this first thing that got off the top of my head was uh, uh slow down. <laughs> <laughs> right. Slow down. That's what, every, that's what every young guy's told when they start off, right? Slow down. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, ain't nothing worse than being in the ring, being in the midst of a match, and just in your brain being there, thinking I want to. 
you, you know what I mean? I want to knock this out the park, but you, you're so blown up. <laughs> hey, shoot, one that I like, man, is this ain't ballet. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I already knew that going in, and I can't even remember who said it, but I've heard it from multiple people. I like when I hear this ain't ballet. You know, we get a little physical out here. Absolutely. All right. Question number two, Mark, you get this one first. Do you have a hidden talent? Is there something you're good at that we don't know about? A hidden talent? Yeah. Oh. Uh, we heard you sing Sexy Boy earlier, so we know it's You can eat that cake. You yeah. can eat that cake. I've always been ever since, ever since, ever, ever since we were <laughs> children. Whenever it's a birthday party, I mean, one of the things that goes down, if I'm there, then – I'm getting a, getting a big old slab of cake, and, and she she going in all at once. Big old slab, like everybody, like he cuts it, like he cuts the cake, and then he holds it up, and everybody's like, "Nah, you can't do it." Yeah, but and she, every time it does it, she always goes right on in there, right down the gullet. <laughs> all right, that is a hidden talent, that's for sure. All right, Jay, do you have one? Oh, man, check what would you? I mean, uh, let's see, hidden talent, hidden talent. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna I don't want to say anything to kill your gimmick right of being a tough guy but I've seen you doing some like dance routines with your daughter oh man well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I, people sleep on this man dancing hey yeah know? a lot of people sleep on my dancing ability <laughs> yeah I'm a dancing fool <laughs> uh, we, we need to incorporate that into a match or something we got to can you do what, what do you do like a break dance or what can you do well I ain't a real big break dancer you know what I mean but I can uh I can, uh, I mean, just get that beat going, you know, I'm going to catch on to it. And then, uh, you know, and then, like, with the routine, if, if I got the, if I got the, see, like, breakdancing is like a routine where it's like a, a forced routine. I mean, I guess it's all, you know, routine. You got to do it. But, uh, like, I, I prefer a cheerleading routine where I get the, uh, you know, I just kind of go off my daughters. And once they get spinning around and, and doing their toilet birds and all that, then I just kind of do what they do. Okay, so so if this Briscoe Brothers thing didn't work out, you could have been a member of the Spirit Squad, perhaps. I mean, hey, never say never. It, it, it might happen. All right, I'm, I'm making a note here that at the next unauthorized show, you know, where, like, anything goes, and I think – Oh! Didn't you have a uh, – you had, a, like, a, a shot drinking uh, contest, right, with Silas Young? Yeah, so, I did, I and it was simple. next one, we should have a, <laughs> a dance-off. Yeah, man. I, shoot, I, I will. I'll, I'll bring my daughters out with me, <laughs> and we'll be ready. Tell tell the whole spirit squad, Mikey, all of them. <laughs> however many they got, I'll bring them with me. All girls. <laughs> I'm gonna put this in the in the suggestion box at the uh, at the office to have. A, there you uh, go. Okay. All right. Uh, question number three, Jay. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Is there something that's that you like that maybe it's a TV show or something that you don't like to admit, but but that are probably something like. Yeah. Uh huh. That hold on now, hold on. I'm sure I do. I'm just trying to think. Um, well, like my my daughters are real big. Uh, like now we got the smart TV where you can do the YouTube right to the TV. Yep. And like they watch these YouTube shows with like these these people, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I and I find myself. I, I find myself enjoying the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nothing wrong with that. Mark, a, a guilty pleasure for you? Well, I tell you, I have a hard time. Uh, even if I'm trying to, you know, watch the old diet, uh, I go up to Dunkin' Donuts and I order, a, you know, large iced coffee. Oh, that ain't no guilty pleasure, Jack. We but, want. Oh, nah, you got to get. You get. Nah, you got to get more than that. Oh, oh we got to get. We got to get nittier and grittier. We got to get nittier and grittier. 
Let's see. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Man, talk about going Dunkin' Donuts. No, nah, Jay, I like you keeping him in, in line because that that way. Yeah. I don't... yeah. Nah, that ain't gonna cut it. Let's see. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Uh. <laughs> um. Let's see here. Come on now. I'm trying to think. I'm Come on think. with it. Uh. Like here would be another example. Like if you watched like romantic comedies and enjoyed them, like that would be a good guilty pleasure. Well. Uh. Well, well, uh, let's see. What do I? Chicka, hey, little do they know, Chicka's a big cat man. I got, I got, I got quite a few cats. Like back in the day, like we were like kind of like man, dogs is the way to go. But now, like these cats, and he got me on the cats. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm, I would say I'm borderline cat man. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna count that as a guilty pleasure because I'm a dog guy myself. I've never really understood the appeal of cats. I don't get it. Uh, I don't get many oh, of those cats. Yeah, you, got, you just got to get one. You just got to get one, man. See, the thing about cat, cats are cats are are, are cats are very from they, cats vary greatly from cat to cat, from feline to feline. I got cats that uh, you know, I probably at this point I'm a, I'm gonna leave them uh quite a good deal in my will when I pass on from this earth, and then I got cats that I really you know I hope they don't run out in the street, and uh, but if they do, I you know, it's not. Not not the biggest deal, but uh, a cat named Tom. If anybody has seen an orange cat named Tom, he's been missing for a while from my house. So, uh, yeah, I guess guilty pleasure. Let's go with cats. <laughs> All right. Man, we're learning so much about you guys today that I never knew. All right. Um, question number four. Mark, this is you up first. Two-part question. What's Jay's best quality and what's his worst quality? Well, I'd say – his best quality is that he's a hardworking young man. And is <laughs> he's a very hardworking young man. Good work ethic. That's good. And I'd say probably his worst quality is that he's very is bullheaded the correct word. Uh I'm trying to think what the correct word is here. Uh, uh bullheaded, uh <laughs> rockhead. <laughs> he uh stubborn he's stubborn sometimes sometimes i swear he got to know that he ain't right but he won't he won't surely won't admit no, it no that's that's a lie <laughs> see i got a couple of greers here and that they're from his own household so uh yeah i would say this hard-working young man from time to time just can't fess up to when he uh just can't fess up to when he ain't right Okay. All right, Jay, you can return the favor now. Mark's best All right. qualities. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, Chick is a hell of a man, a hell of a daddy. I give him that, you know, takes very good care of his children. But sometimes Chick can get a little lazy. Hmm. Hey, hey, we had this hurricane blow through here last week. Did y'all get it over there? A little bit. Hurricane or a tropical storm? A little bit. A little yep. Bit. Well, uh, well, we had a, I mean, we had a mess over here, you know, trees down everywhere. And so, uh, you know, Chicken said, all right, I'm, I'm going to come help y'all get everything cleaned up. So we said, hot dog, uh, Chicken, coming to work. And then so, you know, uh, next day. Hey, this is no fault of my own. We <laughs> we get to work and, uh, you know, everybody's like, uh, where's Chicken? And so uh, come to find out, Chicken called us and uh, he had come down with a bad case of jockets. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Here's the thing, Kev. That's what I thought it was. And I thought to myself, how could this jockey be so serious and so severe and so chronic? 
when I got done analyzing the entire situation, I had jock itch and I also had poison ivy on my test. But that's not the, that man, that's that's rough. That's a tough it, combo right there. The timing of it, like he got that combo right when the hurricane blew through. Ain't it crazy? <laughs> yes, yeah, very convenient, very convenient. I, it, it, it was convenient. I actually did get the uh, yeah, actually, even though I was trying to get out there and get to work, you know, I did get to do a little bit of couch uh, lounging, but uh. <laughs> You know, think, I guess these things do happen from time to time. <laughs> right. Well, hey, if that was legit, you know, I wouldn't w wish that on my worst enemy. So that's not I, I said that. Fun. I made that same comment to my wife, that exact same comment. And she's sitting there laughing at me, taking pictures of me, because I'm sitting there without no britches on and had <laughs> my whole package right in front of the fan just trying to get a little bit of relief. I told her I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, and she's sitting there taking pictures of me, thinking it's funny. Well, now I've got that image in my head, and that's now seared on my retina of you in front of the fan with uh, the family jewels out. That's that's not a good I apologize thing. to the man. What's that? Apologize. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we have arrived at the final question. Uh, uh, so, man, after that, I don't know how we could even follow that one. But um, All right, this is pretty straightforward, though. Jay, other than the Briscoes, who yeah. is the greatest tag team of all time, or your favorite tag team of all time, either one. And it might be the same. Yeesh, man. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. I mean, I would, you know what I mean? Like, like the 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 old me, <laughs> you know, me, I, I'm a new man come to this podcast. But the old me would say the uh, Road Warriors. But, man, I got to say them Jackson boys is something else. Yeah. Exactly. Question, that, boy. So you couldn't have two two more different styles there either than the Road Warriors and the Bucks, but certainly both great at what they do in their own right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking because we wrestled them a hundred times, and I love every second of of doing it with them. Probably a million times. Probably a million. It's magic when you four guys are in the ring. No question about it. I, I've been lucky enough to see several of those matches live. And, man, uh, there. I I feel like there's something about like like brother tag teams, man. Like. Like, brothers are already on another level, and then when you start putting brothers together in tag team professional wrestling, it's even a whole new level. I'll tell you what, guys. I'm not just blowing smoke here. I've seen like, – I've been a fan of this business since I was six years old. Grew up in, the, in Baltimore, which was an old WWF city, so I go back to the days mm. of Florida. That's how old I am. Um, man, I've seen some great, great, great tag team matches over the years. The match you guys had, well, two of them with, against the Bucks. There was one in Pittsburgh at Stage AE. There was another one in Baltimore. Um, two of the best tag team matches I've ever seen live in, in my life. Thank you, Thank man. you, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you. And yeah. I think the, the, the one at Stage AE didn't even have a decisive finish, if I recall. It was a Now we, we had to set up for uh, – for because that was the number one contenders match, and right. we had – Set up for the uh, three-way final battle with uh, Frankie and Scorpio. Yeah, and, and and I, you know, I, I don't at all ever want to knock anything that has to do with this wonderful company. But uh, just because of how things worked out, a lot of that match got cut out during the commercial break for the TV, and I just they ain't got nothing to do with the company. They got to do with the with with the four with, with the time with the time. What the hell with time it is? Yeah, I, you know whatever. I'm just saying people didn't. I don't think many people, aside from the people that were there that night, 
I don't think they they really got to got to see that match. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I I saw it live. I don't even remember seeing it uh, afterwards. Uh, but yeah, live it was just it was electric. I mean, there's just like you said, there's just something about maybe brother tag teams or the, the four guys who were involved, the chemistry, styles. I mean, it was just you guys do so. What what I was really impressed about is you guys are like going full throttle the entire way. Um, yet it's so fluid. You know that that was what was really impressive to me. It's like that's the art of it, man. Like yep. I feel like that's like the flow. Like if you when you can perfect that flow, like there's a flow. Like especially tag team wrestling, man. Like when you got four dudes out there, like and y'all can all flow together. It's beautiful. It's almost like controlled chaos at times. It is controlled chaos. You definitely, better. definitely controlled. <laughs> you better not talk to me in that tone of voice. Great way. To- all right, so wait a minute. Did, did you answer the question, Mark, your favorite tag team of all time? Or, well, uh, just going going with the uh, – because I had a couple pop in my head, but going with the, uh, kind of the, the idea of brother tag team, I just love watching uh, Terry Punk and Dory Punk Jr. Oh, man. It, I mean, because Terry was just wild. Terry just flailing and – Flopping and flipping and, and Dora was just a professional as it could be. Shoot, old Dora, yeah, but Dora was old, tough as shoe leather. I'm, I'm thinking like mid '80s here. With it, I remember the one match in particular: Tory or uh, Terry and uh, Dory versus uh, Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen in All Japan Pro Wrestling. I just something about that match. I could watch that match over and over again. But just the 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 contrast of. Terry being the wild man and Dory being the old grizzled old vet professional. I, I love the punk brothers. I really did. Really do. <laughs> well, let's ask the logical question. What about the Briscoe brothers, Jerry and, uh, and Jack, Jack and Jack. I've not seen I mean, I, they got down. Don't get me wrong. That boy's a nice <laughs> man. Shoot. No, I seen. I guess I've seen more Jack Briscoe singles matches than <laughs> any other original Briscoe matches, but, uh, yeah, there's trying to think what year it was, but the, the Briscoes and the Funks, I can't remember what year, but yeah, man, they, yeah. Oh yeah. The original Briscoes, they get down. The Briscoes. And I tell you what, if you ever get a chance, the Briscoes against Steamboat and Youngblood from the Crockett days was, uh, okay. Check that out. Yeah. The Briscoes working his heels back then, which was interesting. Mm. All right. Well, hey, I, I have no more questions for you guys. Before I let you go, though, um, you guys do the social media thing at all? You want to put out there where fans can find you on social Man, media? Man, a tweeter. I really don't. We really don't do too much of it. Like, yeah. I'm on, a, I'm on a fish brain. Chick said he on fish brain. Yeah, I'm on fish brain. M, then the period, and <laughs> pew, P-U-G-H. Hey, um. I got my uh, – because we do this little landscape inside thing that we do, and uh, you can find us on there at landscape underscore ninjas. That's landscape ninjas, folks. Okay. All right. I didn't ask you to plug your business. I asked you to plug your social media, but that's okay. You guys do whatever you that want. That is my social. I ain't going to stop you. I mean, like the Twitter. I mean, we on Twitter, Jay Briscoe 84, but, man, I don't get on that damn Twitter with them crazy <laughs> people. I see you on that – what is it, the Twitter hub, Briscoe Twitter hub. You're on there every once in a while, aren't you? I mean, I just stay on there just in case I got something to say, but I ain't driving right. on there too much. Okay. All right. Any it's final crazy. words? Any final words for the for the ROH fans who, uh, uh, again, I'm sure everyone is is really looking forward to seeing not only you guys but everybody uh, back in action. Any any final words? 
Shoot. Hey, hey, God bless y'all. We love you. Yeah. We, hey, and, and shoot, y'all, y'all get ready, cause get ready. Yes, sir. Get ready. Cause once we get back, man, training, shoot. Well, I mean, once I get in this ring, I can't be held responsible for my actions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, all this <laughs> been pent up for all these months. Oh my God, I can only imagine all this pent yes, up aggression is going to come out. Holy cow! Well, Mark Jay, thanks so much, man, for giving me. Uh, so much of your time today. I know you guys don't do a lot of these things, but um, it, it really is much appreciated. Man, shoot, no problem, brother. Thank you for having us. Yes, sir, absolutely. Thanks for asking good questions, man. That was that was cool. Oh, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And hey, thanks to everybody out there for listening. Uh, keep it yes, locked sir. into ROHwrestling.com and ROH's social media channels at Ring of Honor on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Ring of Honor for news of when and where future episodes of the ROH Strong podcast will be available. Stay safe, everyone, and let's all be ROH strong. Right.